Let's start from Eskimo. This is the Fabrengen that we gave in uh, Shabbos, Parsha Shlach, Mavarch, Mcheish Tamlis in 1951. The Mimer that the Rebbe recited right before this uh, talk, the Rebbe said that Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who sent the Meraglim because Moshe Rabbeinu who was, is the one who empowered uh, the Entry to Israel. Because a land naturally by itself is a land that can consume its, its inhabitants. In other words, spiritually, it's a land that can bring you down. Therefore, you need a special strength from Meisha Rabbeinu so that you should be able to enter Eretz in an appropriate way. When we say it's a land that consumes its inhabitants, in the simple sense of what that means is that the people there can, can uh, eat you, they can uh, destroy you. But it also means that the land can consume you, so you should become like the land. You should be earthy and low. So because the Jewish people were going to engage in the physical and plow and plant, etc., so it's possible that they could succumb to their natural environment and get very earthy and, and low. And, uh, and therefore, they need a special strength of Meshach Rabbeinu. They should be able to go into Israel in the appropriate way. Um, in, this is for me, for Breng that was not edited. Um, and uh, another version of this for Breng that someone else was um, writing. They wrote. They 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 said the Rebbe mentioned at this point. Um, since Israel is called the palace of the king, so even a thought of doing a small sin is considered equal to a big sin outside of Israel. In other words, when you're in the presence of the king, so then even something which is lighter is considered to be more of a heinous crime. Because you're in the presence of the king, so uh, so, so the Tashbit says a, a thought of doing a sin in Israel is tantamount is equal to a larger, more serious crime outside of Israel. So therefore, they need a special empowerment for Meshirabin. This this concept is especially pertinent in these days. Why in these days? Um, although the Jewish people already entered the land of Israel once before, but right now, since we're living in a time which is after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, and we are in exi- exile, so we are in a similar uh, setting that we have not yet entered Israel. We, are, we have not yet entered Israel, thank you very much, in a permanent and established way, as it will be when Mashiach will come. Uh, so just as they were about to enter Israel, and they send spies with, him, with the power of Moshe Rabbeinu, so, so too we are about to enter Israel in a similar way, permanently with the coming of Mashiach. The Kivan Shekain, because this is true. So we need to know, it's impossible to enter Israel without being empowered by the Moshe Rabbeinu of our generation, by Kukadish Mechayim by the Rabbi, my father-in-law, 
It's impossible to enter Israel without him. Why? Because, as the Torah says, that the land by itself is a land that consumes its inhabitants. Um, the those who printed this for uh they they said there was what's Rebbe referring to. Um, that was referring to the um, as we, we learned a, a, few, a month ago in Long Bamer, We learned about how the, the, when people immigrated to Israel, uh, a lot of Yemen uh, people came from from Yemen and from uh, Iran. As soon as they came to Israel, the Sochanut, uh, the um, Israeli immigration, they right away tried to indoctrinate them with uh, heresy and cut off their payas and cut off their tzitzit, take off their tzitzis. So um, and they told a lot of times they, they told their parents that they uh, the kids had died and they just tried to make them assimilate. So the land by itself is a land that consumes its inhabitants at this point, and therefore we need to be we need to have the power of Meishar Rabbeinu of the previous Rebbe to make it work. A person might make make a calculation about how how, how important it is to make Aliyah to move to Israel. The, the Talmud even says that if you walk for four Amis, for a few feet in Israel, you are probably, it's certain that you will have a share in the world to come. So a person might make a calculation and say, hey, you know, that, that, that's, that's worth it. I just, need to, I just need to move to Israel and then I'll have my Gan How much more so a person will, will say, if I speak the Holy Tongue, as a Talmud Yerushalmi Talks about the greatness of speaking in the holy tongue. So for sure, and there's no one like me. If I, you can't even talk about how great I'll be if I just move to Israel and speak Hebrew. Avul, you need to know. However, the way the situation, circumstances are right now, is that this is a land that consumes its inhabitants. And therefore, you can't go there without being empowered by the Rabbi, my father in law, the Moshe Rabbein of our time. Those who the previous Rebbe sent to Israel, they have, they're especially empowered by Moshe Rabbein in our time that they should enter Israel in an appropriate way. But, in other words, but those who aren't, so why are they specifically going to Israel when? It may, it may be that, that the circumstances in Israel, they were speaking in 1951, are the opposite. They're, they're not conducive. In other occasions, um, it did encourage people to uh, move to Israel for various reasons, among them to move to Kfar Chabad and to help settle one, the, the, the village that the previous Rebbe established. Uh, but the bottom line is that it has to be with the power of Meshach Amin. It's not something which is naturally a a good decision because the Talmud says you're going to go, going to, go to Gan Eden if you live in Israel. You're going to go to Gan Eden if you speak Hebrew. That's not the way to look at it today because today there are other more important circum- things to pay attention to. And that is the current circumstances in the land of Israel and it is a land that consumes its inhabitants in many ways. There are those who think it's called Amr. You don't need to ask the Rebbe every question. The Rebbe, of course, is referring to the previous Rebbe. And he's saying there are those who think that you don't have to ask the previous Rebbe every question. And the Rebbe is speaking after the previous Rebbe's passing. So um, 
it, it's, it's a natu- it was natural for people to think that. I mean, why, why should I ask the previous Rebbe these questions when the previous Rebbe has already passed away? So there are people there who think that, that they, they don't need to ask the previous Rebbe every single question. The person says, I have to ask the Rebbe every question. I have the code of Jewish law. And I also have a brain in my head. And I have a good head. And automatically he's able to figure things out himself. He does not need to ask the Rebbe. That's what the guy thinks. But for such a sentiment, for such a paradigm, there is an expression, I myself am a shoemaker. What, what is that, where does that expression come from? I, oh, where does this expression come from? The guy says, I myself am a shoemaker. There was a story about a, Jew, about a non-Jew who was visited by a Jew, and the Jew saw in the non-Jew's house a pair of film. So the Jew says, wow, this, this non-Jew has film. I need to go and, and buy them. They shouldn't be in, the, in this guy's home. So when he asked the non-Jew, a very emotionally and passionately, how do you have these things? Where do they come from? Where'd you get them? So the non-Jew doesn't know if the Jew wants to buy them or if the non-Jew is suspicious that he stole them. So the non-Jew responds, Samasa Poznik, which means I am a shoemaker. You know, I, <laughs> how do I have these things? These things are obviously because I'm a shoemaker. How, that's how I have to feel. So the previous said the story and he concluded, uh, how, is it pos- how can a goy possibly make film? So in other words, so the, the analog is that a person thinks he can figure things out himself. He doesn't need to ask the Rebbe. It's like he's saying, I, could, I can make shoes myself. It's, I, I can do things, things on my own. I don't need to have the Rebbe's assistance. Um, there's a, another version of this, of this um, Fabrengen, and that other version that someone wrote that at this Fabrengen, the Rebbe said that there was someone who was Hasidically challenged, and he would often say insights in Torah which disagreed with the Rishayim, disagreed with the earlier commentaries in the Talmud. And people uh, would you know, wonder, how can you disagree you know, with Rashi, with Tosos? So the guy would respond, is it my fault that I was born so many years after the Rashba? In other words, if I would have been born then, then certainly they would have you know, brought me up over there and I should join them. But uh, is it my fault that I was born then? So, so, so bottom line is that uh, we need to... Um, we need to ask the Rebbe questions, so we can't just rely on our own uh, own opinion and our own uh, uh, what we think is is the best thing. The bottom line is we need to ask the Rebbe questions and not, not rely on our own uh, own opinion. Uh, that that's the conclusion of of this uh, this Rebbeingen, and I want to continue and um, a, a uh, learn now the Rebbeingen from um, the year before. Which is right after this is this is already after the Rebbe which just did was already after Rebbe officially accepted the leadership of Hasidim. The year before, I'm gonna send you the uh, PDF. Is only a few months after the previous Rebbe's uh, passing, um, and a lot of a lot of um, similar sentiments about not relying on your own opinion and and asking the Rebbe. Okay. In this week's Torah portion. 
it talks about the mission of sending the spies. Moshe Rabbeinu sent the spies to scout out the land, and the Torah says that when they came back from their mission, they want, and they started reporting how hard it was, impossible, to conquer the land of Israel, so Kalev silences them. And we need to understand why, why was it necessary for Kalev to silence the spies. They came back, and they gave, they gave this report, and Kalev silences them. The words of the spies were really according to the truth. They were answering the questions that Moshe Rabbeinu asked. Moshe Rabbeinu asked two general questions. Question number one was about the people who live there. Are they strong or are they weak? And do they, what kind of cities do they live in? And about the people, about the land itself. Is it a, land, is it a good land? Is it not a good land? And so they responded about both questions. They responded, the people are strong. They responded, that the, the cities are fortified. They responded, the land's a good land. The land has, is, is, is a land flung with milk and honey. So they did answer the questions that Moshe Rabbeinu um, asked. And since Moshe Rabbeinu sent them to spy out the land, to scout out the land, they had to fulfill their mission. They had to answer the questions. Moshe Rabbeinu himself was not forced to send them. As Rashi said, God told Moshe Rabbeinu that he asked Hashem, and Hashem said, if you think it's a good idea, then send them. But the spies who were sent by Moshe Rabbeinu, they had to fulfill their mission, they had to respond. And since they had to respond, they had to say the truth about the people and the truth about the land, why did Kalev see it necessary to silence them when they were responding truthfully? Before... Um, before Kalev uh, silenced them, they just gave the response to Mishmina's questions. And then Kalev silences them, and after he silences them, and he says what he says, then they say we can't enter Israel. It's impossible for us to enter Israel. But he already is silencing them before they come to this conclusion. So why is he silencing them, and he's, done not, he's, he's upset about what they're saying, before they did anything wrong, it seems. They're, they're just responding to Mishmina's question. We also need to understand another thing that Kalev did. It says Kalev went to Hebron. Why did he go to Hebron? And Hebron was the burial place of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And he went there to Davin and asked Hashem that he should not be seduced by the other spies and to do the same thing that they were doing. The question is, why didn't he rely on the power of the one who sent him, the one who is, he's going in the mission of Meshach Rabbeinu, Meshach who's sending him, how come he's not reliant on Moshe Rabbeinu that because I'm doing this important mission that Moshe is sending me himself to do, I'll be successful not to be seduced. Why do you specifically go to the graves of Arvind and Yaakov to pray? The answer is like this. The sin of the Miraglim was because they mixed into their response, they put into their response their own minds and they changed the order that Moshe Rabbeinu um, gave them. Moshe Rabbeinu first asked them, find out what kind of people they are, and then he asked them, find out what kind of land it is. In their response, they first started talking about the kind of land that it is, it's a land flowing with milk and honey, and only then did they start talking about the people. What kind of people were they? Strong? And they said they're, they're strong people. What's the difference? What difference, what order do they say? The mission of Moshe Rabbeinu was about conquering the land. 
And then about the gain we could have by conquering the land. Meishman first said, how do we conquer the land? And then what will we get when we do? Because by Meishman Rabbeinu, the main thing is conquering the land, not the gain, not the consequence, not, not the reward we will get by conquering the land. And Moshe Beno, even when he, when he asks them to, to spy out the land, he says, find out if they are strong or if they're weak. Because the mission doesn't matter. For, for the mission to conquer the land of Israel, it doesn't matter if they're strong. If they're be strong, we, we'll, need a, we'll need to have a harder, what did General Montgomery say, the impossible, the... the, the uh, the difficult to do right away, the impossible takes longer. Thank you, yeah. So that's what Meshwana said. Are they strong or are they weak? Well, let, oh, it doesn't matter. Let, let's hear. Uh, and therefore, since the mission of Meshwana Rabbeinu was taking into consideration, and despite the fact that they may be very strong, or Deb actually has another point over here, he says it could be that by having the fortitude that you're going to go on this mission, even if they're strong, that itself caused them to be weak. The very fact that they were, that, that Moishman was saying, are they strong or weak? Moishman was hinting to was, if you'll go to do this mission, not, not um, being frightened about the circumstances and knowing, believing the one who's, who's taking you there, that itself will cause them to be weak. That will make the, 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 whole, the whole war e- easier. Um, the, a, a similar thing is regards to Misha's other words. Misha asked, uh, is the land a fat land, meaning the land blessed with abundance, or is it a, or is it a, uh, 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 a raza, is a land which is not, it's the opposite, it's, 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 it's the, the, where the fruits are scarce. Misha been prefaced fat before scarce. Why? Before, uh, what's the word? Not skinny. It's a, uh, whatever. Is it, is it a land which has a lot or, or a little? So Meishu prefaced fat before skinny. Why? Because Meishu was telling them that if your service of Hashem is not for the sake of, of reward, then you'll come to the recognition that even the best fruits, the best reward, is also negligible compared to the service itself. Because the reward for a mitzvah is really the mitzvah itself. That's a Meishu prefaced um, fat before, before, uh, before uh, skinny, you're saying to them, the fat and the skinny will be the same to you. you. You'll realize that the main thing is not what you're going to get in the land of Israel. The main thing is that you, you're doing a mission of Hashem. That's how Meish Rabbeinu viewed this mission. But the spies, they changed the order, and they said the way they understood things. First of all, they spoke about the reward. That's land flowing with milk and honey. And then they spoke about the war and the conquering the land. Because the main thing for them was the reward. What, what are we going to get if we conquer the land? And that, because their perspective was, what are we going to gain? That led them to make calculations about the war itself. That a lighter, a lighter effort is worthwhile for, a, uh, for this kind of reward. And a harder effort, a more difficult war, isn't worthwhile for a... For a, a smaller reward. And, and so that's they started making these calculations about the goal itself of conquering the land of Israel. Is it worthwhile? And that led them to come to the mistake and say that if this is really so hard, it's impossible to do this. As they said, we can't do this. We can't do this. The, the fact that they, they, they viewed this as something like 
as we are going to do this in order to get whatever it is, and they mixed their intelligence in, in, into this whole, into their mission, that led them to the conclusion of, we can't do this. It's just, it's just not going to work. And therefore, when Kali saw that the spies have brought their own perspective into their mission, and they're changing from the mission of Meshach Rabbeinu, even though it was only regarding the order, they just changed the order, right away he told them to be silent. And now we can understand also why Kaliv went to the graves of Aaron and Yaakov in order that he should not be seduced by them. Why didn't he rely on the one who sent him, Meshach Rabbeinu? So the mission of Meshach Rabbeinu does not negate the possibility that the shliach, the one, that the one he was, he's sending, should change the mission by mixing his mind into it. That's something that the shliach needs to do. The one who is being sent needs to put his mind on the side and devote himself to the, to the one who sent him and to do this mission with a sense of devotion and Kabbalah sale. So that's what he was frightened about. He was frightened, I'm going to do this with my own intelligence. I'm not going ha- to have... The, uh, the, the sense, the, 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 the devotion to put my mind in the side. That's Meishu is sending me, but that doesn't preclude the possibility of me mixing in my own mind and messing it up. And therefore, Kaliv went and he prayed at the graves of Meish Amitz and Yaakov. When we say he prayed at their graves, the word that we're using is Shateach. Shateach is a word that's used when you visit the Ohel, which, which literally means to, stand, to, to prostrate yourself which means spiritually that your head and your feet are the same in a positive sense. That means we're talking about devotion above logic and with this power of devotion to Hashem above logic, going to Avrit Yaakov and prostrating himself spiritually put, and making his mind and, and his legs equal, that's how he, with this power he will not be seduced by their advice and he'll do the mission of Meshav without mixing in his own intelligence in a way of Kabbalah Sil, in a way of devotion. And the lesson for us is as follows. It's known that there's a Mesh in every generation. And more, there's no generation that, that does not have a Mesh Rebbe. And our generation, this is my father-in-law, the Rebbe. So it's understood that the mission of the previous Rebbe, that he has sent, or sends, or will send, a certain individual to a certain place, to elevate that specific place, this mission is similar to the mission of Mesh Rabbeinu regarding the conquering of the land of Israel, because the content of the mission of Meish Rabbeinu, to conquer the land and to make it into Israel, that's also the content of the mission of Meish Rabbeinu sending each of us to our area in the world. That the place that the previous Rebbe sent someone and gave him the power to elevate, that's, he has to take that place and to make it Israel, to make it a holy land. He has to make it, he, has to make the, he also is empowered to do the same thing, to sanctify and make that place a holy place. And one of the things we have to learn from the story of the Miraglim, the story of the spies, is not to mix our mind into things, and not to make a change, even, even a change in the order of the words of my father-in-law, the previous Rebbe, even if it seems that by making this change, you'll be more successful in doing the mission. Because by making a small change in the words of the Rebbe, you can end up making a mistake that's similar to the mistake of the, of the spies. If the spies, who are all the leaders of the Jewish people, when they changed the words of Meshach Rabbeinu, they came to this conclusion, we can't conquer the land. People like us, if we will do this for sure. As a previous Rebbe said, uh, uh, regarding the method of the Yitzhahara, previous Rebbe said, this is the way the Yitzhahara works. Today he tells you to do A, tomorrow he tells you to do B, 
And then he tells you to serve idolatry. The Yitzhahara is called the Klugenker, the smart one, the, the, the smart Alec. He doesn't tell you immediately go do a sin. Because he knows you won't listen to him. He just says in the beginning, he says, just do this. When you do a mitzvah, he says to you, good, I, good job, good job. I agree with that too. And when you allow the Yitzhahara to entertain his opinion and his thoughts in your mind, although we're talking about a mitzvah, but the very fact that you're, allow, you're giving room for the Yitzhahara's opinion in your mind, that, that allows her to be Avedezara. And therefore, the very, the, 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 that could lead you to idolatry. Therefore, the most important condition of fulfilling the mission is to, want to guard the words of the Rebbe without changing them, without mixing in your mind with a sense of Kabbalah sale, a total devotion. And the way you get this power, especially now after passing the previous Rebbe, is by going to the oil. Just like Kalev went to the oil of Arvintin Yaakov, so too, that's the, power, that's the way we get this power as well. We'll understand this by first prefacing the words the previous Rebbe. The, the, the Rebbe says that when we talk about the previous Rebbe, we do not say, may the tzaddik be remembered for a blessing. We do not say that his soul is in Ghanaian. We don't say that. When we talk about the previous Rebbe, we don't say, may the tzaddik be remembered for a blessing. We don't say that his neshama is in Ghanaian. The previous Rebbe once said in Simchas Torah in 1931, the previous Rebbe said, um, uh, I don't say about my father, his soul is in Ghanaian, because I don't write addresses, that's not my job. And for me, the previous Rebbe said, my father never passed away. So too regarding the previous Rebbe, you cannot say about him as the Shamas in Ghanaian. Number one, because who was able to give an address and limit his place to being Ghanaian the lower level of Ganadin, or the higher level of Ganadin, or far higher, who can limit him and say he's, he's, that's where he is and, and not in a different place? Number two, why send him away from us? He certainly doesn't want to separate himself from us, and he is with us. And for the same reason, you shouldn't say about him his souls in Ganadin, and you shouldn't say that his, the Tzach should be remembered for a blessing, because remembering something is only relevant when you're talking about something which is distant. It's a, it's a distant, and then you need to remember it. But in our, in our, what we're talking about, forgetting is impossible, and therefore there's no need to remember. Just like you don't need to remember someone who's alive, so too you don't need to remember the previous Rebbe because he is close to us and with us, and therefore this whole concept of remembering him doesn't, doesn't apply. So bottom line, Rebbe is saying, is if, just, just, the reason why Kali didn't rely on Meishar Menu was because Kali felt that, yes, Meishar sent me on this mission, but I have myself to put my mind on the side and focus on the mission and not let my own calculations disturb me. And to, for that purpose, I need to go and daven, and, and not just daven, but prostrate myself in a, 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 head and, and foot being equal by Avnitz and Yaakov. And uh, similarly, uh, we need to uh, go, go visit the oil to get the strength to uh, do the mission and you can't, uh, and the mistake of the spies was that they changed the order of Meshach Rabbeinu's mission, which indicated that they felt the reward was the main thing. And therefore, they, as they said, the first they spoke about what we'll get in the land of Israel if we go there. And so we have to, so that's the purpose of going to the hill, that you shouldn't put your mind in there. And because if you start putting your mind in there and say, what gain will you do by this mission? You're going to end up saying, oh, is it even worth it in the first place? So that's the uh, uh, basic point. All right. Chazak Baruch.